Reactions Podcast, a podcast where each week we talk about true crime, conspiracy theories, paranormal stories, folklore, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, in kind of an order, but not really. You know how it is? Just a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit all over the place. I'm one of your hosts, Alex. And Christy. And this week we are back talking true crime. And before we dive into this week's distraction, or this week's case, I should say, Christy. What is your need for a distraction? And do you have an update from last week's episode? Yes, I have an update. So my trying not to jinx myself about a house. It's official. <laughs> now I'm just uh, distracting myself from more stress because I'm trying to now finalize this house. This looks stressful. Yeah. And and then there's work yes. and like trying yep. to work around work to like get this shit organized. And I was like, I don't have time in a day for this. There's not as many hours in the day that we you actually need to get this kind of shit done yeah like you do during operating hours and i was like i work during operating hours or sleeping or whatever yeah (laughs) yeah so it's it's a good stress though yes good good with good news what is your distraction alex um so i had monday off this pat- we're recording on a wednesday and i had the following mon the previous monday off i don't know i had a day off and jealous you know, it, it was great. You know, I had a dietitian appointment in the morning, an eye doctor appointment in the morning. I got some really shitty news that day about uh, someone that was once part of my life, like way, way long time ago, had recently passed. Mm. So that has been just kind of a roller coaster in and of itself. So yeah. I'm just trying to work through the motions. And it's it's a shitty time. I don't know. I don't know if anyone else is feeling this way. I feel like everyone that I talk to is just going through it. Like I don't I don't know if August is the is just a shitty month <laughs> for people, but it just feels like 2021, maybe specifically August, maybe not, but at least 2021 is a little bit of a kick to the groin, so to speak. So that's my need. Yeah, it's a time of the year where like things are just kind of like turning the next chapter and a seasons and like stuff's ending and shit's coming to an end of summer wise. Even exactly. though we're really in the summer. Basically. And you're you're you like you said you're going through stuff, so you're allowed to be in your fields. Everyone's allowed to be in their fields right now. Exactly, and you know what? It's okay to not be okay. It's also okay to find some form of distraction to occupy your mind when you maybe aren't feeling okay. And although this is kind of a weird distraction to kind of segue into because it's true crime and it's not really that happy by any means, shape, or form. <laughs> um, oh, well. It's a case that I wanted to cover because, well, it we kind of got a little bit of a request to do it from one of our Patreon supporters. Shout out to Bailey. Uh, Bailey had kind of asked for us to cover kind of the spooky stuff in this area that I'm going to be talking about. We're getting to it. Don't worry. Just hold on tight. Um, So I was trying to do some research into the area and then I found this case and I found other cases like this case that I'll cover on a later date. But essentially, this week's distraction is unfortunately another unsolved murder involving a Canadian psychologist named Louise Chapeau and also involving the Appalachian Trails. Now, before we get in, I'm just going to say out loud now, I may be pronouncing Appalachian wrong. If you're from the area, if you know, if you're well-versed in the trails or the mountains, what have you, feel free to email us. I did Jolly Phonics it. We Jolly Phonics'd it mid-recording because neither of us really knew what we were, what what I was trying to say. Um, so hit us up. 
always willing to learn. But I'm going to pronounce this Appalachian because that is what I have Jolly Phonics on my notes, or in my notes, I should say. So I'm going to give some background on the trails as they have been become a popular topic as of late. For those who don't know anything about the mountains and or the trails, the Appalachian mountains and trails, here's some quick information about them. And direct quote from our BFF Britannica. The Appalachian Trail is a mountain footpath in the eastern United States extending from northeast to southwest for about 2,190 miles or 3,524.5 kilometers along the crest of the Appalachian Mountains. The trail runs from Mount Katahdin in Maine to Springer Mountain in Georgia, passing through 14 states eight national forests, and six units of the national park system. So this is a big one. Just a wee big one. Just a little bit of a hike. You know, I don't think, I think you might need to book off some time, like quite a bit of time to complete this one. Now, for some of our listeners who are on TikTok, which, yes, the podcast has its own TikTok page. You should go check it out. Christy will drop the info later on. Uh, But some may be aware of the recent increase of TikTok videos of the Appalachian Trails and the mountains. Essentially, there have been a lot of creepy occurrences happening, such as random screams being heard, shadow figure sightings, and more. So that's what I think Bailey wanted us to potentially cover just kind of like the spooky ookiness but then i stumbled on louise's case and thought well i also want to talk about this <laughs> so we'll get to the spooky ooky part eventually but we want to cover all of it yeah we're gonna cover more. all of it now we are an appalachian podcast would you look at that how we keep changing faces <laughs> but with that being said there seems to be kind of like a little bit of an ominous aspect to this large stretched out area And because we love a weird fun fact, to hike the entire Appalachian Trail, it would take approximately five to seven months, according to the Appalachian Trail website. So, you know, just a couple days here and there, nothing too major. Times 30, times a couple for the month. Exactly. (laughs) I would probably, I was thinking like earlier, like, I might take a while to do it. And I was like, yeah, I'm definitely not fit for that. And you're like, a couple months. And I was like, yeah, I might die on the trail. Yeah, a couple hours is a little bit much for me. I can't imagine months. No, that's a fall. I'm committing my life to this to make this oh, yeah. full out like camp sleep thing. And it's not my cup of tea. No, but people do do it. I will say I did read some articles briefly about people who have tried and people who have done it. So, I mean, all the power to you. Uh, but without further trekking around the case, I think it's time to dive into why we're here. And it's not because we're about to become a hiking podcast because as you may have guessed it christy and i do enjoy nature and we do enjoy going for a little brisk walk from time to time but we're uh, not professional hikers by any means shape or form mainly shape not in shape at all thanks or or form my form of walking is very 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 nil anyways <laughs> so our case starts on thursday november 15th 2001 louise chapeau which also, apologies if I'm pronouncing her last name wrong. It I did Jolly Phonics it. It sounds like sh- Chapo or Chapu, but I don't... I apologize. My apologies. But she was 52 years old when she left her Sherbrooke, Quebec home to go to Pinkham's Grant, New Hampshire. I wasn't able to find a heck of a lot in terms of background for Louise, but I was able to find some semi-consistent information while doing my research, which... Anything helps, really. 
So as mentioned, Louise was a registered psychologist who reportedly specialized in family and marital counseling. According to the National Post article I read, around 2001 was when Louise was known to be working with a group of police informants incarcerated in a Sherbrooke jail and would reportedly be called to sometimes testify as an expert witness, typically in youth criminal courts. So needless to say, her job's pretty intense. Just a wee bit. She's all up in there being like, boss bitch. Mm -hmm. Here for it. Snaps to her if I could snap my fingers. But uh, based on what I read, Louise had a private practice as well and did the justice work as kind of like a contract side gig. Um, I also read that she offered counseling to low-income families as well, which is very, I mean, I don't, I'm just speaking from my personal experience as a mental health worker working in non-for-profit. A lot of private counselors or psychologists don't often do that these days. So good for her, right? That's that's awesome. And all about the moolah. So a little bit like help for people is always nice. A thousand percent. So Louise had two daughters. Uh, in 2001, they were reportedly 11 and 18 and had a longtime boyfriend as well. Based on articles I read, Louise reportedly had a great sense of humor, was known to be athletic, and an overall good Samaritan. Louise's trip was an almost three-hour commute, which would end with Louise at her reserve room at the Joe Dodge Lodge within the Appalachian Mountain Club, henceforth referred to as the AMC. I guess it's kind of like a visitor center, kind of like a check-in point, but she was staying at the lodge. It was the weekend before American Thanksgiving, which is apparently in November, for all those who don't know, which is weird because we in Canada celebrate in October, which seems most fitting, but hey... Who am I to judge? We just like to celebrate things really, really fast, I guess. I don't know. Really fast and maybe sooner than others? Who knows? Maybe. When Louise got to the lodge at approximately 3 p.m., she allegedly asked an AMC worker a recommendation for a short hike trail that she could do that day or like that afternoon, so to speak. It was suggested by the AMC staff that she could walk around the Lost Pond Trail, which according to the WMUR website began across the street from the lodge. So pretty, pretty freaking convenient, right? Louise took this suggestion and went for a hike on the November 15th evening. This hike would have taken about two hours, and according to some reports, it was a reportedly mild evening, so it was a good night for a hike. I feel like you're setting this up to be bad. It would be a good night for a hike. It's only an easy hike. It's right across from the hotel. What could go wrong? Well, this is a true crime episode, Christy, so I kind of... I have to kind of build up the anticipation. I'm sorry. Regardless, though, um, and as some may have already speculated... Louise, unfortunately, would not check back into the lodge that evening. The long weekend passed, and with no word of Louise returning from her solar trip, family, co-workers, and friends began to worry. Police were reportedly called by Louise's boyfriend, and a missing persons report was filed on sometime either on November 19th or 20th. Accounts kind of vary. Police found... Louise's car parked at the Dairitashama trailhead, which some accounts say this took place on November 20th. So who knows? I mean, the police report could have gone out on the 19th or the 20th. Regardless, they found her car on the 20th. Gotcha. The location where Louise's Ford was found is apparently across the street from the previously recommended Lost Pond trailhead. Inside the car laid her hiking shoes, water, and a chocolate bar, which were common things that Louise took with her on her hikes. So kind of suspicious that they were still in her car. 
Yeah, did she make it to the hike or not even that far? Exactly. There were some mysterious items missing, though, from Louise's vehicle as well. What was missing, besides Louise, was a dark blue backpack, a green or blue Canuck sleeping bag, accounts vary on the color, and the keys to her silver Ford Focus. Multiple people went out searching for Louise, including the New Hampshire police, state fish and game workers, staff from the Mountain Rescue Service, and the U.S. Forest Service. The group searched throughout the weekend, and just a big trigger warning, the story is going to take a graphic, even more depressing turn. Yeah, so once again, trigger warning. Um, Louise's body was discovered approximately 500 meters from where her car was parked on Thursday, November 22nd, 2001. It was suspected by police that Louise had been murdered on November 15th, and it was determined that she had been stabbed to death as well as her throat had been slit. The autopsy reportedly ruled Louise's death as a homicide. There was no, as far as my understanding, there was no indication of self-harm or anything like that. This was a pretty obvious homicide. Aggressive murder. Yes, a very aggressive murder. Officials believe that Louise had been attacked early on in her hike, given the location of where everything was discovered, being kind of, her, like her body and her car, um, and how close-ish it was to the lodge. New Hampshire police began questioning Louise's friends, family, and colleagues back in Quebec. Some allegedly thought that perhaps Louise's work in the criminal justice system may have caught up with her, or that perhaps somebody that maybe she testified against or someone that she came in contact had maybe tried to follow her as some kind of weird revenge plot, so to speak, and attacked her for whatever whatever revenge reason they had. Although this could be a potential, there seems to be some holes in this theory that I want to chat about. So unless someone had followed her from Quebec to New Hampshire, then to the trail, it seems potentially unlikely, to me at least, given the possibility that Louise may have kind of picked up on someone following her. I mean, mind you... Until we're in that situation, we don't really know if we'd pick up on someone maybe trailing behind us or it ha- or you know what whatever it may be. But I'd like to think that maybe she would have picked up on someone following her for over three hours on the road, then to the lodge, then to the trail. Right? Yeah, like it definitely seems a little excessive that it went on for that distance of travel, then for someone to do that for, and come back that far from where they were. Exactly. Could Not be random. That- Yeah, and not only that, but as far as I was able to find, there wasn't any previous reports of harassment or any race concerns previous to this incident. So there wasn't any, there was no previous, like, threats. There was no indication that she had been stalked prior or that somebody in the criminal justice system that she may may have came into contact with was out to get her. I mean, that doesn't say that there maybe was and just hasn't never been reported to the public, but it just it, it doesn't really add up, so to speak, in my mind. I don't know. What do you think, Christy? Yeah, I definitely think that if someone was really trying to make it like go out of their way and get at her or whatever way, that they would make earlier attempts. There'd be some kind of like maybe like possible restraining order in a way or like to exactly. get like, reports of harassment or something. But for someone just out of a one-off, to, okay, I'm going to follow her three hours. Here's my opportunity. She's on a trail randomly. Let me murder her. I went to all this work for this. Well, and 
how would someone, how would they know where she was going, right? Unless they just randomly followed her. And I'd like to think that depending on who it was, I mean, there are some criminal charges that you can get in Canada that if you try and cross the border, you, you're essentially denied, right? So I, it just, to me, doesn't really, it just, there's a lot of questions, Right. Like I, I can yeah, see. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for example, if you get a DUI in Canada, you depending on, you know, your criminal history, what have you, you might not necessarily be allowed to cross the border. Right. So to me, it just mm-hmm. it's there's just more questions that are coming up out of this theory. I do understand where this theory is coming from. I totally get it because I mean, yeah, she she worked a very potentially I don't want to say dangerous, but. She worked with potentially fragile people, right? Yeah, people who have very convicting backgrounds that if they didn't go their way, who knows what could happen. Well, exactly. So, you know, um, I get it. But in the same sense, it just little question marks popping around my head when I was reading into it. This theory never led to a specific suspect being taken in for questioning or for any further legal investigation. So they had... They had questioned family, friends, colleagues, whatever, what have you. And I don't think a name was ever specifically brought up. So I don't think anyone was further investigated at all. So uh, that was the end of it? They just dropped it? Not necessarily dropped it, but it kind of, that that whole theory kind of went cold, right? Mm, I can probably. Yeah. So the other kind of, I don't want to say creepier, but a little bit scarier theory is that People in the area and people from Quebec and what ha- essentially people in general thought that it was maybe at the hands of a stranger. Which, and I say that's creepier because a lot of times when we look at murder cases, though I want to say like the quote unquote lesser known ones are the ones that involve someone knowing someone, right? Like I think there's some weird stati- statistic out there that says you know you're more than likely to be killed by someone you know as opposed to someone random. But it's the ones where it's a complete stranger that really kind of hook people in and kind of freak people out. Because it's like, okay, well, who can you trust, right? You can't trust a stranger because who knows what their intentions are. So I think that kind of freaked people out even, you know, more so. I don't want to say more so, but even so, that's what I'm trying to say. Because it's like, okay, well, if it's not someone that knew her specifically, it's just this random person near this trail who's next yeah like you definitely think you said like it's definitely more people are murdered or attacked by people they know that's the first thing to do is like let's look at the boyfriend or the husband and then go to the family but yeah it's definitely more ominous and just a pit feeling when it's a stranger yeah. and i feel like when it's stranger killings it's not always like targeted it's like always wrong place wrong time you were Basically. there when they snapped or whatever and it's just like exactly. that just happens to be the wrong place wrong time Exactly. And to potentially back this kind of stranger notion up, according to a Boston Globe article, Louise didn't really tell anyone that she was going to go for this November 15th hike. Like she didn't really, I think she probably told her boyfriend and her daughters that she was going away. Maybe she told a couple of coworkers, but have you. But my understanding from what I read in this Boston Globe article was that she, I mean, it's 2001 Facebook, I don't think was a thing. So it's not like she's posting anywhere or posting on MySpace saying like, oh, I'm going to go to New Hampshire and go on this trail, whatever. So that just makes it even, it kind of backs that notion up that, okay, so who, like, unless it was, unless it was someone yeah, like who would have yeah, known, like, yeah. who would have known, who would have known? I will add though, it seems as if information in terms of the investigation has been fairly tight lipped. I mean, it is an unsolved murder. 
it's still I, I would assume it's technically then still open, which means that the police and whomever can't release everything and anything. Mm, um, sure. You know, so and I don't know what the rules are around timelines or what have you when you can just kind of go I don't want to say willy-nilly but kind of release more information to try and get more information in about who potentially could have done it but regardless that's it's a little bit scattered in terms of what we do know and what was kind of looked at I mean we had the two theories but they didn't really go anywhere no which is definitely unfortunate as you said like and I get that if it's still open they can't say something but you definitely want to put something else out there to be like, here's a new tip or like, here's some more information. Do you know more about it? What happened? Like, were you in the area? Exactly. Um, no, call in. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. So Louise's body was returned back to Canada where she would re- be reportedly buried in Lakeview Cemetery, which is located in Baldwin Mills, Quebec. As listeners may have guessed it, the case has since gone cold over 20 years later, which is also kind of a hard thing to conceptualized because i feel like 2001 was two years ago but no it's been 20 freaking years just kidding we've gotten really old in the meantime but yeah 20 years seems like that's such a huge span they've gone for so long yeah so as mentioned in other cold cases that we've covered on the show even though cold cases are sometimes challenging to discuss because of the missing pieces and you know the unknown i think the more we do discuss them the more we can kind of get the word out about it once again we're not trying to be police investigators or anything like that like we're not trying to maybe solve these cases per se like yes we want to talk about them we want to get the word out but I think if you're listening, maybe talk to somebody you know about it. Maybe say, hey, I just listened to this episode about this, like, Canadian psychologist and this, that, and the other. Like, I think the more you talk about it, the more people can learn more about it. And then maybe it also ignites some memories. Because although it was 20 years ago, who knows? Maybe people remember things that happened 20 years ago, right? No, yeah, definitely. And, yeah, putting it out there, it's like, oh. I was in that area in that time and I didn't even know about this or like me. I'm like, I didn't even hear about this case to begin with. Obviously that's why we're doing this, but it's definitely exactly. something like a matter of time always. Yes, exactly. So yes, even though 20 years have gone by, we still don't know who potentially attacked Louise. Maybe someone does know something and it's just a matter of shining a light on it again to have this case finally solved and to bring justice. Right. Cause at the end of the day, you know, even though we don't know a heck of a lot about Louise on, you know, much more than what I was able to find today and, you know, whatever is out there that maybe I didn't see, she's still a person, right? She's still a person who was brutally attacked, just trying to enjoy nature, enjoy what the world has to offer to us, right? So it's 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 hugely tragic. And I will say, if anyone does know anything, you can submit a tip on the New Hampshire Department of Justice website or call their state police at 1-800-525-5555. Once again, 1-800-525-5555. I like when you say the number, it's just like, one eight seven seven some money commercial. <laughs> That's all I think of. See, I think of 2001 alarm force i don't know why that brings me back to that (laughs) weird place i god anyways uh the new hampshire department of justice website also mentioned that you can also call your local police department if you have anything but i mean it's sometimes better just to go to kind of like the main 
the main line, you know. So once again, 1-800-525-5555. Go to the source. Go to the source. Maybe someone knows something and can help bring some resolution for Louise's family and friends who are probably go to the area, like the trails, almost every year in kind of memory of Louise. I don't know if that's changed due to COVID or what have you, but it's just, it's freaking heartbreaking. Now, for hikers who do want to go on parts of the Appalachian Trail, I am by no means trying to veer you away. However, I will drop some information that you may want to hear before you go, because we hear, like, weird things, but we also like to be safe. Right, Christy? Safety first. Exactly. So just a little bit of some information to keep you mindful before maybe you go on the trails. Not to, not to scare you, but just it's better to be aware. So according to the Green Belly website, since 1974, there have been 13 total recorded murders throughout the stretch of the Appalachian. I won't get into the cases, obviously, too deep because we may want to cover them on a upcoming episode. But... What I will do is I will give you some safety tips um, in case you do decide to, you know, say, heck it, let's go hiking. And once again, this is from the Green Belly website. So tip number one, hike in groups. That's a given. You just like to do a lot of things alone. Exactly. So tip number two, log yourself at every shelter and leave an emergency contact. So when it says shelter, it means like hospital or, oh my gosh, hospital. It means hotel lodge shelter you know place for you to stay i feel like that's a given whenever you're going like a long trip like a canoe or like going back like country like camping you're supposed to tell somebody so when you don't return they know you're not returning yeah and that's not just so we don't get it twisted not shaming louise for maybe not telling a bunch of people because i liked i'd like to think she maybe told her family because her family kind of knew like hey she's not back from her trip yet but just in general i know social media is kind of a pain in the butt but maybe just post on social media just so that people can be like, oh, yeah, 20 minutes ago they posted an Instagram story that they were starting their hike. I don't know. Just let people know. It's better say you're better. You're better to tell than to not and potentially potentially go missing. Being murdered. Yes. yes. Safety first, as we said, as always. Exactly. Tip number three, and this is a great way to stay connected with people. Have your phone on handy to communicate. And if you can, bring with you a backup charger yes technology is great you need to use it sometimes so make people aware what you're doing and have yourself always available to be called exactly or snap yourself some cute pics while you're at it but yeah like say you get stuck under a tree i don't know you have service to call 911 to save you i would hope that that like you wouldn't we hope that that doesn't happen to you but i mean hey it's a, it's another valid point if you have your phone with you and you get stunk stunk if you get stuck under a tree, call 911. You're good. Everything's fine. Breathe in, breathe out. Listen to just us. Just be prepared is what we're yeah, talking about. We got you. Put on this episode. Just take some deep breaths. It's fine. Last but not least, report any suspicious activity or individuals. If you see someone who's lurking around and you're getting bad vibes, and I'm talking like the stomach churning, you're mmm this person's up to something maybe talk to you know um maybe talk to someone nearby like a like a forest advisor or a forest worker maybe a tr maybe there's someone working a nearby ranger. the trails a ranger of sorts i mean you can call the police too and to add our own little advice if something feels weird it probably is 
So if you're getting, once again, ooky spooky vibes, you're not, you're, you're like, mm, this feels really weird. I don't know. I don't know about this. It's probably weird. Go run, get help. And that is unfortunately the really short case of Louise Chapeau. Once again, I apologize if I am pronouncing that, um, if I'm pronouncing Louise's last name wrong. I, I jolly phonics it. Sometimes jolly phonics, aka Google Translate, doesn't always work the best. So if I am pronouncing it wrong, please, please, please let me know. Um, sincere apologies and sincere apologies if I'm pronouncing Appalachian wrong. But fingers crossed. Hoping for, hoping, hoping I, I did it right. But you know what did turn out right, Christy? What? My references. So big shout out to the Britannica website, the Appalachian National Scenic Trail by editors of the Encyclopedia Britannica. The Appalachian <laughs> Trail website <laughs> through hiking. Uh, the WMUR News 9 website, New Hampshire Unsolved Case File, Who Killed Louise Chapeau? Updated on December 5th, 2019, the Ottawa Citizen article, Hikers Slangs Baffles Police, by Stephen Frothingham on November 29th, 2009. Thank you to the Boston Globe article, Club Says Trail Safe But Urges Caution, which we do as well, by David Arnold, November 27th, 2001. And yes, I, I added that, that that wasn't the full the full title. I added... We're, we're, Go hiking, but be cautious. That's all we're saying. Damn. Uh, we'll handle it. It's fine. The, uh, thank you to the National Post article, Quebec Police Join Hunt for Killer by Graham Hamilton, November 28th, 2001. The Gazette article, Plain Woman Worked with in Inmate Informants by Paul Cherry, January 13th, 2002. The Gazette article, Sherbrooke Hiker's Body Found in New Hampshire by Kath Catherine Soliam, on November 24th, 2001. The Find a Grave website, Louise Chapeau, created by user ACC024, added September 13th, 2005. Big ol' thank you to the Medium article, True Crime Murder on Mount Isolation, by Lisa Marie Fuqua, on September 21st, 2019. Sorry, Lisa, if I also pronounced your last name wrong. My bad. No disrespect. Uh, thank you to the New Hampshire Department of Justice website, which is business.nh.gov. And finally, last but not least, a big old thank you to the Green Belly website for their article called List of Appalachian Trail Murders Since 1974 by Katie Lacovoli on January 5th, 2021. Again, sincere apologies if I mispronounce anyone's last name. Thank you for all your hard work you're, you do. And Christy, no pressure. Yes. But I think our listeners are now ready for your segment where you tell them where they can support the show, where they can say hi, where they can correct all of my mispronunciations for this episode. Where, where can they find us? Yes, yes. First, I do want to say that if they are going to, anybody's going to, jab at Alex. Um, Google Translate has betrayed us if that's the problem. That's all we're going to say. Um, but where to find our show, as always, you can get us on Apple Podcasts. If you guys are listening on Apple, please consider leaving a review, um, leaving some stars. It just helps kind of just on a freeway just to give us some more exposure, gets us up a little bit more charting. That'd be great. Also Spotify, Google Podcasts, and pretty much any other platform you guys listen to podcasts on, we will be there. 
You can also support the show for free as well on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search Weird Distractions Podcast. I want you guys to consider please joining our Patreon. We have two tiers. Both get monthly um, bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes footage, free stickers, and more. Some of our um, bonus topics have been Oakland County Child Murders and Ismo Uni and a couple more. So check it out if you can. Shout out to our current Patreons, Tom, Bailey, and Angela. We want to thank you guys so much for your support, as always. We love you unconditionally. And if you want to help our show up beyond that, from the, you can also do a one-time pledge on Buy, Buy Me a Coffee. We are on there as well. And look us up on Redbubble. We have merch galore, pretty much anything you want on anything you want. You can make it up on there specifically. Again, just searching Weird Distractions Podcast. And lastly, we just want to hear from you guys. We are doing a bit of a listener distractions type segment if we can. We just need some more stories. So if you guys have any topics that you want to share, creepy encounters, some little mini hauntings, if you know a friend of a friend, some murders, anything, feel free to send it into our email, weirddistractionspodcast.outlook.com, and we would love to share those in a further segment that we already have done once before. If you need a distraction, we got you. Bye. Bye.